We're going to go to 1 Peter chapter number 3 again tonight as we continue on in our series, Hope in a World of Hopelessness. It's really amazing the way that God works um, in spite of us. He definitely works in spite of us, but it's really amazing how He, how he works and how He puts things together, how He... Uh, I mean, and, and we all know it, how he knows the future and what's going to happen. And even with the new Sunday School series that we just started, the one that we just finished, uh, ending up uh, with the lesson about contentment and how that's, that was needed for many of us uh, during such time as this. And then the new series that started last week and how it was such a challenge. But even tonight, and, and, and we'll see it here more in just a second, um, out of First uh, Peter chapter number 3. Of course, we've been a lot of weeks in the first seven verses, and we're going to move on tonight. So First Peter chapter number 3. And then I was going to ask you to find James chapter 3 for later, but really it's just a few pages back there in your Bible, so we can turn there pretty quick. That's not going to be a big problem. We can, uh, we can get that done. So First Peter chapter number 3. And uh, if you would stand for the reading of the Word of God, uh, that gets circulation going. Some of those couches are real deep seated, you know, and it, it slows down the blood flow. And so, and so the easy chair, you know, yeah, no, it's okay. You can go ahead and get up for a second and just read the word of God with us. I was talking to someone last night and they said, preacher, you know, it's really hard to stay tuned in. He said, sometimes it's hard to stay tuned in when I'm sitting right there in the church building, but boy, it's hard to stay tuned in by live stream and looking on whatever device and and I, I believe that. I, I think there's much more distraction, no doubt, of all that. But I, I'm, I, I, Im, I implore you, I beseech you, stay tuned in. Stay tuned in. It's, it's vitally important that you do so. So be, have a mind that you're going to stay tuned. You're going to stay, stay, stay tuned in to what God has for us tonight. First Peter chapter number 3, verse number 8. <clears throat> Finally, be ye all of one mind having compassion in one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. Uh, we've been in this series, Hope in a World of Hopelessness. And uh, I titled the message tonight, Hope in Being Christ-like. Hope in Being Christ-like. Let's pray. We'll get going. Father, what a great blessing you are and you are. The God Almighty, Jehovah God, the one that we can depend on for everything. And though this world may be in turmoil, you're not. You know exactly what's going on, how things are going to play out, and what's going to happen. So we'd ask, Lord, that you'd help us to continue to rest in you and trust you, Lord, to, to allow you to have your way in our life during this time. It could be a life-changing time for us if we'd allow it to be. And Father, now as we've met together and sung songs unto you, I pray, dear God, that you would, uh, that you would give liberty as we preach. We have prayed for your power, and we ask for it once again. 
Father, just uh, help us to stay on track and get this message preached just the way that you'd have it preached. Give us boldness. Uh, Lord, uh, I just pray that you'd be honored and glorified by the end of what is done and that you would speak to people's hearts. Um, Help us tonight. Help us. Help us, please, God. Please do. We pray that you will and trust you for these things and ask it all in Jesus Christ's precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. And please do be seated. Save room for the dog, too. So get him up there. Make sure everybody's comfortable in all of this. As many of you already know, and, and some have contacted me about it, yesterday was a day that we usually observe the Lord's table, Lord's Supper. And it was really grievous to me that uh, we weren't able to do so. But, uh, but we'll have a plan uh, to have a special service when we're once again able to meet in this place. And we will take time to observe the Lord's table. The Lord's table is a, definitely a wonderful time of remembering what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary all those years ago. And when we come together for such a service, it's also that we might, and you already know this, but it's also that we might examine ourselves um, to make sure that there's no unconfessed sin that's between us and God. We want to make sure that that part is right and that there is no ill will also. There's no ill will um, between us and another brother or sister in the church body. I mean, we want to make sure those things are taken care of, don't we? Come on, so we don't partake unworthily so that, that we can take it with a good spirit, good conscience. Um, and all helps us. And that, of course, all helps us to maintain a good testimony of what a Christian should be to those that know us. That stuff. Making sure we have a good walk with God. Making sure we have a good walk with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, it, it portrays... Uh, it, it helps us to have that good testimony uh, of what a Christian should be. Um, and, and what a coincidence that our study through First Peter, even tonight, would bring us to this passage at this time. I mean, isn't it really amazing? Because that's what this is all about. Um, if we were to back up just a little bit, and, and, and not a whole lot, but if we were to back up just a little bit, we remember that First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 tells us that we are to follow in Jesus' steps. We, we are, are to be Christian. We know this, Christian means Christ-like. We're to be like Christ. We're to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Someone that is following in the steps of Jesus. Someone that is trying to be like Jesus. I mean, Christ-like, imitating Jesus. We are supposed to be like Jesus. And I believe that we can see that in our text tonight. I mean, uh, I believe we can see ways to do that in our text tonight. Ways to be like Jesus. And no one can argue at all, I don't believe, that we're in trying times, and, and surely we have this um, uh, desire to have some sort of an impact on those that are around us, even though we are in trying times, that somebody might wonder why we have the peace that we have, and why we're so well taken care of during this time, and, and we have that desire because we want them to know Christ, we want them to know the goodness of God, we want them to be saved by the grace of God, and a big part of a big part in us accomplishing that is to be for us to be uh, is to be for us that are saved to act like it to act like what to be Christ like toward each other 
No, no, to be Christ-like toward our brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a big part of being Christian. Come on, it's a big part of being Christian. All those years I traveled in evangelism, there were certain times at certain places that when, when we walked into the service, uh, we were wondering if it was a division between the north or the south, or the east and the west, or whatever the case may be. It's like this side of the auditorium doesn't seem to be talking to this side of the auditorium. And there was just immediate tension in the air, and it was like... Okay, well, I hope this works out for the best. Anyway, I mean, we are supposed to be Christ-like even toward each other. Isn't that something? It's true. So let's start out by putting this passage into its correct context, because certainly we want to study the Bible like that. Uh, Peter starts out, where we started tonight, Peter starts out by saying, finally, finally. So he's going to give us some final thoughts on those things that he's been writing about prior to this point. Uh, and, and let's look how this ties this all together as he finalizes this. In chapter number 2, verses 11 and 12, he dealt with our lifestyle among the Gentiles, our lifestyle among those that do not believe, how we are to live our life, uh, uh, that how we are to live our life around those that are without God. And that matters a lot, doesn't it? No, no, how we live our life around those that do not know God, it matters a whole lot. I've said it a hundred times, probably more than that, but there's a lot of people that will never darken the door of a church because they work with some quote-unquote Christian, and they figure if that's what it's like to be a Christian, they don't need to go to church anywhere. So it's very important how we act around unbelievers. What they see in us may well determine whether or not they'll ever listen to anyone at all concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in chapter number 2 and verses 13 through 17, we are to be witnesses for Christ by submission to civil authority as long as they're not trying to take away our, our civil liberties or religious liberties. And then in verses 18 to 21, it talks about how we as believers are to be in submission at our place of employment that we ought to to be, we ought to strive to be the very best employee on the job. Then we got to chapter number three and verses one through six talks about how a saved wife is supposed to be in submission to her own husband as long as it's not an abusive situation. And then chapter three, verse seven says a husband should be submitting to his God-given role as a husband. And that's only right to do. And I'll not park there as much as I could again. And now first Peter chapter three and verse number eight says this, finally, so we're keeping it in context here. I want you to understand that. Peter begins to deal with us how we are to be toward one another as believers. He's dealt with all these other areas, and now he's going to deal with how we are to be toward each other as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, in this, we see that we are to submit ourselves to one another, to brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, why are we supposed to do that, preacher? For the very same reason that we've looked at in other instances, unbelievers are watching. They are watching. And we want to have a good, a good honest testimony. Those that do not know Christ as their personal Savior, they need to see true Christianity. They need to see real Christianity. Um, uh, uh, I'm not talking about a bunch of church buildings. No, no, I'm not talking Christianity. I'm not talking about beautiful church buildings or beautiful properties or even a fleet of buses. But I'm talking about believers that are truly behaving in a Christ-like manner. People need to see that. Man, that's where the rubber meets the road. It, 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 it's so very important. In a world where everything seems to be in turmoil, 
People need to see Christian love. Okay, okay, preacher, now I see. You're, now you're a TV preacher and you're just going to preach that love stuff, aren't you? I knew it. I knew the time was coming. Now it's all about love. Yep, and yeah, love. Now it's all about love, preacher. Well, I mean, I've got, I, I can preach different messages on that, you know, like love not the world. Neither things that are in the world, we won't go there tonight. No, 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 no. Christian love is a very real thing. Christian love. It, it's a very real thing. And people need to see it. You know why? Let's see why. James chapter 3. Just a few pages back there in your Bible. James chapter 3. Look at James chapter 3 and verse number 14. Uh, let's back up. Verse 13. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife in is, there is confusion and every evil work. Now, here's why people need to see real Christian love. It's because what we just read is what the world sees most every day. That's what they view every day. And they need to see something different. They need to see something different in you and I. Those that do not know the Lord, you, you know this, but those that do not know the Lord can only operate with worldly wisdom. And I'm sure you noticed even as we read it there, what it produces Envy, strife, confusion, evil work. Well, preacher, why is that? Well, the Bible says here that it, this worldly wisdom is earthly and sensual. Even calls it devilish. Now, that doesn't sound too positive, does it? No, it doesn't sound like it's going to produce anything that's going to be mm, Christ-like at all, does it? No, 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 completely different than that. So think about it with me for a second. Come on, stay with me. Think about it with me for a second. Think about the folks out there that aren't believers. They're not believers. They don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. They don't attend church. They don't know. And so every day, pretty much in a work week, if a regular work week in a regular world, uh, they get out of bed, they turn on the news in the morning or grab the paper, and what do they see? I'm, telling you, I'm going to tell you what they see. Strife, evil, confusion. And then after getting their gut full of that, they jump in their car and they head off to work in the rush hour traffic. <laughs> rush hour traffic, and well, you know, I don't see a lot of a consideration of one another during that time, is there? No, no, everybody, no, no, try, just trying to get to work and, and who, who, who's first and who's second. No, just more strife and more evil works. And then they get to the, they get, they get to the workplace, but that's not a place where they're going to find a lot of real love and harmony, is it? In most, in most instances. No, that's not that way. Or, or, or even really many happy workers. I mean, they won't even hardly find that. You know, people want to gripe. They got a job, but they're not happy that they have to be there and do their job to get their paycheck. No, no, no. But I tell you what it can be, that workplace, I tell you what it can be. It can be a place of envy. It can be a place of backstabbing. It can be a place of griping and murmuring. It can definitely be a place of confusion. How about this, a place of adultery, a place of filthy jokes. I mean, on and on we could go with all that. Lying, thieving, I mean, all these things. It, it could be all that. 
And so they put up with that all day long. And then work's over. The whistle blows, work's over. They go out, they get in their car, they get another round of rush hour traffic as they make their way home. No peace there as they compete for the fastest moving lane so they can get home to their house. And finally they make it home and they find that the kids are rowdy, their spouse is gripey, some bills are pressing, uh, the dryer has quit during the drying process, uh, the dog ate a hole in the back door, and in many homes a very general madhouse. It's just bah, craziness all the way around. And so they kind of overcome that a little bit. They pack up the kids in their car because, you know, schedules got to keep them kids busy. And they take them down to soccer practice, a soccer game. And they begin to fuss with the coach because their kid is not getting to play enough. And they get in an argument with another one of the parents that are there who's even had a worse day than they have had. And they go to cussing at the official, you know, for making a call that they didn't think was fair. And everyone around them pretty much is just miserable. What a life. Man, how great. But when it comes to us that call ourselves Christian, people ought to see a difference. They ought to see a difference. We ought to be different. Okay, well, let's, let's get a little closer to home then. Uh, think, about a, uh, think about an unbeliever that comes to a Baptist church. They're coming in for the service when we're so enabled again to a Sunday service, Wednesday night service, either one. They walk into the door, they walk into the building, they look around, and they observe what seems to be clicks. There's a click over here, there's a Click over there, another one over there, and uh, they they observe these clicks while others just seemingly just others just walk right by. I mean, like he's not even there, just kind of on their way, taking care of their own business, and through just kind of standing and observing, he hears one person talking about the recent rules that have been set in place for those that serve, of which they're not very favorable about whatsoever, and they sure wish that pastor had better sense than that, would come up with something different than that, and then it seems as though that some are upset because the color of the carpet just wasn't what they had wanted, it wasn't what they would have chosen, and and then the preacher, he acts like he's upset, and the, the, the deacons, they don't even look too happy either. And, and other kind, unkind things are overheard, said, and he even notices that some of the members don't seem to be happy with one another. Isn't that something? These people that say they love Jesus so much and that they're, you know, they're following Jesus and all these things. And it just seems like this is not good. Now, I'm saying what's going on in his mind is these people don't act any different than the people I'm around all week long. I don't get it. Why would anyone want to be around a place like this? I can get this at a workplace. I can go home and it'd be like this. I mean, I don't need to come to this place to get there. That's not the way that it should ever be when a person walks into a New Testament Bible-believing Baptist church. No, 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 no. They should walk in and they should be able to sense they should be able to sense immediately this place is different. There's something different about this place. 
I've never seen people so friendly. Uh, I, 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 I'm telling you, these people are just different. I, I, I never knew it could be like this. It's just really different. <clears throat> so here we are. And uh, Peter's telling us that there's a certain way that we should behave. Stay with me here. Stay with me. That we should behave toward one another. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> I don't want to get ahead of myself. Here is how we are to treat other believers uh, in our church. Back to our back to our, our text tonight. Verse number eight, look at it with me again. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. So here's what he says. Love as brethren. Love as brethren. No, no, no. I realize there's a lot more here, and we're going to look at that too, but this is crucial. I want, you to, I want you to get this. I mean, we do, excuse me, we do believe we have the Word of God, and it says love as brethren. We do believe, don't we? We do believe that God wrote the Bible to us. No, as individuals. I was talking to somebody about that last night. You know why a lot of people don't get much out of the book? They don't get much out of their Bible? Because they don't read it like it's written to them. But it is. It's written to us. And if we begin to read this Bible like it's written right to us, I guarantee you, it will begin to, take a, it will begin to make a change in a person's life. And he says here, love as brethren. And let me tell you something. If you will determine to love as brethren, everything else here is going to pretty much start falling in place. But we are to love as brethren. And when we do, there's going to be unity. No, no, there will be unity. And we will be of the same mind, no doubt about it. I know I go back to it a lot, but God uses it on me quite a bit. John chapter 13, verse 34, where Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Pretty powerful, right? No, no. Love as brethren. Brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and, and if we do that, there, there will be the same mind. Listen, listen. There will be the same mind as we study and as we take heed and as we make the Bible our final authority. It, it is our final authority of all faith and practice. The Bible. There will be the same mind right here. That means... That means, no, no, listen to me, please. That means as, as we all apply this, that there's not going to be any bickering and fighting because we're to love as Christ loves us. So there's not going to be any nitpicking and yan-yan and all this bickering and all this. No, 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 no. And it also means this, that there's going to be apologies over wrongs that have been committed. And, and, no, no, if there's going to be apologies over wrongs that are committed, that means that there's going to be real forgiveness granted 
for those that apologize. Well, I tell you what, preacher, I'll forgive, but I ain't forgetting. They'll never get another chance to act that way toward me. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's not going to happen. Uh, excuse me, let, let me just stop you right there before you get too carried away and walk away from television set. You're just fooling yourself. That's not true forgiveness. You still got bitterness in your heart. You still have unforgiveness in your heart. It's not true forgiveness. No, no, in a place where people, in a place where people are loving as brethren, there will be people sharing burdens and heartaches and griefs with one another so that they might, listen to me, so that they might honestly, fervently pray for one another. No, I'm not talking about just for gossip's sake. They're going to be sharing burdens and griefs with one another that they might truly pray for one another? No, let me ask you a question. Do do you truly love your brothers and sisters in Christ? I'm going to ask it again. I want it to sink in real deep. Do you truly love your brothers and sisters in Christ? Or you, no, no, listen, do you just come to church out of duty? And the rest of your life is pretty much just consumed with people who have people who have no real use for the family of God. There's a problem. No, I don't mind. I'll say it again. There's a problem. Do you truly love your brothers and sisters in Christ? It says right here. Finally, love as brethren. An unbeliever needs to see real brotherly love. Real brotherly love. I'm talking about people of one mind, verse number 8. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Hold it. No, 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 no. Don't, don't turn me off. I'm not talking about conformity. I'm not talking about conformity. No, no, no. God's not into cookie-cutter Christians. He's not into that. He, he, he created us for who we are. He uses us for who we are. Different personalities, different people. But no, no, no. But we will be of all one. All, uh, of, mm, come on, brain. We will be uh, of one mind. A true sense of oneness. Why come, preacher? Because, because we're being led by God. And we are, one bo- we are one body with many members who are truly filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Makes a difference. And, and there will be people of compassion. Be ye of one mind, having compassion one of another. Uh-uh. No, no, not hardened. Not calloused. But caring about others and caring about the needs of others. True compassion. It also says that, that, that people will be, be pitiful. Love as brethren, be pitiful. And that, that word means full of pity or, or full of sympathy for one another. Come on, not full of resentment, not harboring grudges. I mean, I mean full of, of, of empathy and sympathy and, and pity for one another, what they might be facing at that time. And it says uh, uh, in verse 8, be courteous. Courteous. Isn't that something? Isn't it terrible? Isn't it terrible? 
Isn't it terrible to come to church and somebody, I'll go ahead and say it, is a jerk? I mean, just acts like the jerk. I mean, you know, they're just a jerk to other people. I don't think God ever meant for it to be that way. Oh, no, 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 no. And I guarantee you, if we have a walk with God and we're trying to be Christ-like and we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to be courteous. No, that word, that word there means, means uh, a humble. It, it means polite. It, it means considering others better than yourself. And that's something. I think I've read that someplace else in the Bible. No, we're talking about, we're talking about Christ-likeness here. We're talking about being Christ-like to brothers and sisters in Christ. We're really supposed to do that. No, finally, Peter comes right to it right there. And not rendering evil for evil, verse number 9. Not rendering evil for evil there. No, 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 no. On the contrary, blessing. No, blessing others. Well, you don't know how they... No, 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 no. It doesn't matter how they treat you. Blessing others. Being, being a blessing. Okay, no, no, I understand. You know, in a church that is, is our size, there's a good possibility. There's a good possibility that, that someone's going to get bent out of shape, that someone's going to get in the flesh and, and be cantankerous and, and be out of sorts with God and be out of sorts with other people. So, so, so when somebody is like that, and they're like that, you know, somebody is like that, and they're like that toward you, and they render evil toward you, what are you going to do? Well, preacher, do unto others as they do unto you. <laughs> Don't take that verse out of context either, you know. No, 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 no. Are, are you going to scheme on ways that you can get even, or will you decide to be Christ-like and bless them? Will you treat them better than they deserve because that's the way that Christ treats you? We're talking about being a real Christian. Not name only. No, no, not name only, but, but indeed. That others might see it. Think about a church full of people like that. So an unbeliever comes into an unbeliever comes into a, 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 a church, a, an unbeliever that lives every day with strife and confusion and envy and, and every evil work day in and day out. He walks into a church that's like that. And, and there's folks here and there and they're sharing burdens with one another, uh, maybe even weeping together at the altar. I, I mean, there's unity everywhere that he looks. I, I, he sees forgiveness and he sees humility and he sees kindness and he comes to the conclusion that, wow, this is real stuff here. It's different here. This is the way it ought to be. Because it is the way it ought to be. Absolutely so. <clears throat> a church should never get to a place where they have this mindset of us four no more. I, I'm, 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 I'm so very thankful 
to be part of such an established work here. I'm so very thankful for those that have been in this church for decades, decades, faithful, and serving. I mean, serving, decades. I mean, serving. You talk to different ones, and they've served in every area that you can serve in 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 church ministry. Very, very, very thankful for that. But we can never get to the place where it's just just, this our church. We don't need anybody else coming in this place. Oh, no, 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 no. We need to show Christ-likeness to everybody who walks through those back doors. But even harder at times is showing Christ-likeness to those ones you've been going to church with so long. Because we watch them, we see them, we know how they act, we know what they're doing to an extent. We're to show them Christ-likeness also. Because when unbelievers do come in, that's what they should be observing. See, we can live a good life, a good Christian life. We, we, no, no, no. We can live a good Christian life. Look at verse number 10. Stay with me here. Stay with me. Oh, we're doing great. Stay with me. Verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain, refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, from, uh, that, and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. <clears throat> the good life. I'm talking about the good life. This isn't the kind of life that can be found in worldly pleasures. This isn't the kind of life that can be found in successful careers. No, no, no. And you're definitely not going to find it in booze or drugs or partying. That's not going to happen. This kind of life is not found in riches and lots of possessions, bigger houses, nicer cars, all that. No, 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 no. This kind of life is not going to be found in, in, in fame or, or just being very popular. No, it's, it's not what it's talking about. This good life, this life, this life is, is found in being Christian, pursuing Christ's likeness, being like Christ. And yes, absolutely so. It is a good way to partially to be witness to this lost and dying world. But listen to me, please. But it's also just a great way to live. It's a great way to live. And it's found, I love it, it's found in learning how to control your tongue. No, really. It says in verse 10, refrain his tongue from evil. Learning how to control your tongue. You know, there's some things you just shouldn't let come out of your mouth. Just refrain your tongue from evil. It's, it's also found in running from. It says eschewing and, uh, uh, evil. Let him eschew evil. That means running from and then doing good. 
there in verse number 11. Let him eschew evil, run from evil, and do good. Preacher, I just don't know. I mean, it just seemed like, just seemed like, it seemed like evil is always after me. It is. And sometimes the answer is just running the other way. Run from it. Don't let it catch you. But it's also found in seeking peace with others. And here where I felt like it came back around to what would have been partially what would have been preached last night if we would have gone gotten together for the Lord's Supper. How we're to be right with one another. Not only with our God, but we're to be right with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's found in seeking peace with others. Verse number 11. Let him seek peace. Wait, no, no, stop. He didn't stop there. And ensue it. What does that mean? Following on with it. That we seek peace, seek to make peace with brothers and sisters in Christ in whom we need to do that. But then it's just, well, I'm sorry, and I shouldn't have done that. And then we go on about our own thing and just the same old, no, no, no. Then we ensue it. We follow on with it. We are Christ-like. Aren't you glad that when you go to Jesus, when you go to God, when you, when you confess your sins, aren't you glad that he doesn't say, okay, yeah, I'll forgive you. Now just leave me alone. <laughs> no, that's the way some people want to act. But that's not Christ-like. It's not what God expects of you and I that know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And I can guarantee you it's not part of this good life that God wants us to live. We can live this. If we'll practice it. Do you see the blessing here? See, there's great hope because the lost man in seeing a a believer acting like a Christian sees something real. But those that pursue Christ-likeness are blessed. No, you truly pursue this type of Christ-likeness so much more in the Bible than this, but you pursue this type of Christ-likeness and you will be blessed because of it. And because that we would choose to pursue this Christ-likeness, Practice this Christ-likeness. God's eyes are upon us. And God's ears are open. Turn over to Psalm 34. I'll close. Turn over to Psalm 34. I'm going to read a couple of verses over there, and I'll close. Psalm 34. 
Stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Don't quit before I do. Psalm 34, look at verse number 12. What is, what, mm, come on brain. Verse 12. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Mercy. See, <laughs> there's, there's great hope in being Christ-like. Living our life handling things the way that Christ would. Being able to say, Yes, I, I'm a Christian, and people see a difference in your life. It's not just in word, it's also in deed. Great hope in it. There's no better life for you and I to live than a life of Christ's likeness. But it's just not, it's not just out there in that lost and dying world that we would be a great example to them in what Christian is supposed to be. But it's also right here in the church house, in the church body of believers, that we would be Christ-like toward one another. And sometimes that may be hard but it's always, always the right thing to do. It's always the right thing to do. I'm going to ask Brother Bronner to play the piano for just a moment. Maybe you need to turn aside for just a moment. Maybe you need to pray with family members, whatever the case, pray by yourself to turn aside for just a moment. Maybe God has spoken to your heart somewhere throughout the message. Don't miss a chance to apply this. Take heed and then act upon it. And just do what God would have you to do with however he may have spoken to your heart tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your word. I can't even imagine trying to maintain a Christian life without it. Lord, we pray that you would continue to help us and mold us and make us into what we need to be. That we would become more what you want us to be and less of what we are. And I don't know how you may have spoken to people tonight, but I do pray they'll take this opportunity to just talk to you about it for a moment, to yield, their, to, yield to you. Um, Father, I, I pray that if there's folks that have listened, they have ought in their heart toward another member of Riverside Baptist Church, uh, that, they would, uh, that they would do whatever is necessary to make sure that that's taken care of. Um, that they might bring honor and glory to you. And Lord, that they might live this good life that you've spoken to us about. Bless these next few minutes, we pray. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Piano's going to play. will not take long at that at all. I know it's awkward at a time like this. But take just a moment. Turn aside. Let God have his way. <laughs>